Hey, I'm Melissa, the host of the Discovering Me podcast. The Discovering Me podcast is the safe place you've been searching for. It's here where we're going to have real conversations about real issues that Christian single women are facing in and outside of the four walls of church. Topics that, for lack of better words, the church calls taboo. From spirituality to sexuality, we're going to talk about it all. After all, discovering myself meant getting to know who I was as a person in my mind, body, and my spirit. It meant facing my fears, addressing my past, acknowledging my discomforts, and rebuilding the way I saw myself. Honestly, the journey has not been easy, but I can say it truly has been worth it. So I dare you, join me on this journey of discovering who you really are. Let's come out from hiding behind the mask of our ministries and Instagram profiles, and let's allow ourselves to be honest, authentic, and relevant. It's time for us to heal from our past, pursue our God-given purpose, and discover how to love ourselves from the inside out. Hey everyone, so welcome back. Can I just be up front and say getting to tape this episode has been a struggle, but that just proves what I said in my first podcast, that discovering me is a journey. It's not a place where you arrive to and settle. No, there's always more. So when I had stepped out and taped the first episode, I was completely out of my comfort zone. And over the past month, let's just say there have been a lot of inner dialogues that have happened since. (laughs) Like, honestly, the conversations I've had in my head to get me to do the stuff that are uncomfortable would actually make for some great TV. It's like watching the two angels sitting on Kronk's shoulder in the Emperor's New Groove. Love that movie, but I digress. So uh, this podcast is something that allows me to really share my journey past and present. So I hope you are here and ready for it. And oh, before I forget, for all of you that shared my first podcast, thank you. Please continue to like and share and subscribe. It means a lot to me and your comments help me to know where, you know, to know where in my journey we get to go next. So yay. Um, a lot of my listeners, um, commented about, you know, not knowing about the different things I had been through, you know, especially it was interesting hearing from a lot of my former like schoolmates or choir mates or just people I did youth ministry, um, before when I was younger. And a lot of things I kept hearing over and over again was I didn't know. But isn't that just true of all of us? We never really know what is happening under the surface of the people that we see every single day. We never really know the silent sins or the struggles uh, that they have. And we, for some reason, have this crazy notion that that what we see on the surface is an accurate representation of who that person really is. But the truth is, we're deep, y'all. We are all just like icebergs. What you see is only, it's only 10% of who we really are. The 90% are our thoughts and our fears, dreams, sins, and honestly, the true self of who we really are. So it's fair to say that when I would respond, I just simply say, no, you wouldn't ever know. It's kind of like, like social media. We really only know or really only show people what we want them to see. If you thought that 
what you saw on someone's page was a true reflection of who they really were, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. Shucks, sometimes those photos are so old that we pass off as new. Just because, you know, the reality of who we are um, sometimes would surprise people. Like, for real. Halfway through the first lockdown, think about it. Nobody was really trying to show their new COVID-19 look with their lashes gone and their nails needing to be redone and their overgrown roots. No, no. Um, we all wanted those likes. And so we showed our best. You know, we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And fear just tells us that we can't have that if people know who we really are. And so we actually struggle with day in and day out, just letting people know who we really are. We struggle with those things that, you know, we should have, that people say that we should have actually gotten over already. And, you know, honestly, have you, have you ever heard of someone respond to a person after pouring out their heart about a matter and then only to turn around to say, you're still bothered by that? (laughs) And let's not start talking about if you're raised in a Caribbean household. Oh, Lord. Um, It's like hearing my grandmother say, that's still about you? Like, the thought of just trying to like share about how you feel the thought is you know healing is that oh it's supposed to be something that happens overnight and uh the very reason so many of us suffer in silence is because we're still struggling or we're still dealing or we're still processing so so many of us walk around you know decked out and glammed up about you know on the outside but on the inside we're still broken and we're bruised and it just feels like it's not safe. It's not safe to be real. It's not safe to be open. And there are few people that we can trust with the shame of our broken parts and really be allowed ourselves to open up. And, you know, I want to let you know, I get it. I know what it's like to feel trapped and alone in a crowded room. But I also know what it feels like to be free. Free of shame and bondage of the hurt of my past. So, Frankly, my story would be incomplete if I didn't talk about this next part of my journey. And so today I want to talk about my journey to forgiveness. I don't think people really realize how much of their life is at a standstill because they won't allow themselves to experience this gift and not just the experience this gift, but also to give this gift away. Forgiveness, it was a, was and still is a huge part of my self-discovery and my healing I can honestly say that um, I would not be here without it because the way bitterness is a wretch and it wanted to have me, like all of me. And so many don't realize how much unforgiveness can hold them up from where they're going um, and just your ability to completely fulfill your purpose and your destiny. And, you know, I start with remembering the first steps I made Uh, came in about, I think it was about 2014-ish, I want to say about there. It was March 9th and I was homesick. And for those of you who have not heard my testimony yet, I had a miscarriage and it happened in 2009. So since then, every year my body would naturally relive the experience and I would literally become physically sick. So yeah, I was was home and um, I remember taking one of T.D. Jakes' sermons. He had just released the book, Let It Go. And man, when I say he came for me, that man of God came for all of me, my neck, my toes, and every hurt that I had so close. But 
by the end of that sermon, I was laying on the floor with a dog on one side and a box of stuff I had begun to, you know, I was collecting all this stuff for the child I never got to carry to term. And I was sobbing. The healing of my heart had begun and forgiveness on that day was for me. Forgiving myself for everything that had, um, that I told myself was my fault. That day I released the lie I had believed and welcomed the truth of God's word. And, you know, just so you know, I wasn't completely better. You know, forgiveness is a process. And as we go through today, like, no, it is a process. And God walked me through every single step. Like, I mean, literally every step, every morning for months, maybe even a year, I would take the dog for a walk. And as we walked, I would simply just say, Father, I forgive. And I would just name each person that had offended me and hurt me um, and didn't stand with me or whatever it was. And the truth is forgiveness doesn't, it doesn't have to be a contact sport. You know, in those moments, forgiveness wasn't about me having to face, you know, the person who hurt me. It wasn't a face, it wasn't about a face to face with anyone, but it was about me. It was about me releasing them from my heart. And that's why I say forgiveness is a gift. And although, you know, we've probably all heard it preached many times that it's a gift that you give to others. I believe that it's more a gift you give to yourself. Um, when we look at unforgiveness, like unforgiveness is a tie. That's like literally what it means. And it ties you to the hurt of your past and to the pain of whatever happened to you. So it ties you, um, it ties you to the place or it ties you to the person or to the some or to th- a, the thing. Um, you know, you know, you know what it's like? It's okay. It's like, if you can imagine a Ford F-150, it's a big truck. Okay. So imagine, um, you're tying yourself, you're, you are physically tying yourself or handcuffing yourself to a Ford F-150 to the tow hitch, like purposely. And mind you, the Ford doesn't know, like the owner of the Ford doesn't even know that you're connected. And then you refuse to untie yourself as you are dragged through the city, through on the highways and the side streets, like everywhere this Ford 150 goes, you are attached to it. And that's what unforgiveness is like. We tie ourselves to people and to situations that don't even know you're still connected. The offender has gone on about their lives, not knowing you have held on to them long after the offense has been made. And there you are stalking their Facebook and their IG, trying to see what they're about when, you know, and then they block you. So that's not joke. So you're stalking them. They block you. And then you have the nerve to go on through someone else's account. um, Just, you know, checking to see what they're up to, like, and don't act like you've never been here because I know I have and it's torture. But the thing is, we do it. And as long as you are chained to your past, you are not free to possess your destiny. So this gift was more for me than it was for for all the people I needed to forgive. And then the forgiveness broke the tie between me and my past and allowed me to begin to take hold of what God had for me. Then, you know, there was, um, I'm going to walk you through this process because it's definitely been a process. So there was a time, um, after that, I remember, uh, I think it was a Friday night, maybe. Um, I remember I was standing in our church gym and you know, 
it was a Friday night. So that, you know, our youth were doing whatever. And for some reason I was just standing there and I think I was like standing like in the middle of like the gym or whatever. And it's like time had stood still. Everything around me was still moving. The Ruth, the youth uh, were running around and laughing and playing, but I was just standing there. And I remember hearing God say, Melissa, get off the side of the road. And as I heard him say that, it was in that moment I felt like I had this out of body experience where all of a sudden I was standing on the side of the road of a highway, just standing there, you know, next to my car there. I saw a car and I'm standing there and I'm kind of just watching all the cars pass. And I remember after hearing that, um, I looked around and okay, so I'm near this car. So I'm sure, you know, I start walking around the car trying to explain why I was standing there. Cause it was like, yeah, why am I standing here? And then I heard like, there's nothing wrong. You like, it's literally like I parked myself on the side of the road and chose to just let life pass me by. And I could hear God say, get back in the car and move on. And although I had worked on forgiving me, it was the people I needed to forgive. Cause for some reason I was just still stuck. I, I had a place I, I, it's like I placed my life on pause and I was still holding myself back because you know, for, with unforgiveness comes fear, comes doubts of what it is, what all the what ifs, um, you know, what if such and such happens again? And I would go through these cycles of, I forgive, but you better believe I won't let that happen again. You know, once bitten, twice shy, you know, why did that, why did they hurt me? So then I had a lot of questions. Could it have been different? And then I'd be like, man, this hurts. Okay, Jesus, I forgive. And I just kind of like keep going through these cycles. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over or deny the seriousness and the very real pain that offense can cause us because what I went through, you know, the cycles I went through, the pain I went through, those cuts were deep. And like I said, forgiveness was a process. So there are days I felt good about the memories. And then there were days where, you know, especially if I had to go to church or go to familiar spots, um, then that unforgiveness would try to rise back up again to the surface. And so, um, I've heard like, especially like, like parents or whatever have said, Oh, you know, just forgive and forget. But forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, nor does it mean even condoning or allowing, uh, or giving excuses to these offenses. Forgiveness is when you can remember the memory, but the sting is no longer there. And I can see, the person in public and no longer desire to punch them in the throat. And although forgiveness can, you know, help repair a damaged relationship, I want you to know that it doesn't obligate you to reconcile with the person who harmed you or even to release them from legal accountability. So when I look at my process, my process of forgiving was filled with many encounters of God doing deep work and healing each memory. And that's the thing, like, especially if you've been with someone for a long period of time, or if the offense was over a long period of time, God got, has to go back and heal those memories, those moments. And I share this because there is someone listening that has been hard on themselves and wonder, you know, why they said, I forgive and are still struggling. 
but it truly is a process. It's a series of steps and actions that you take towards a specific end. And that end is complete freedom, freedom of the hurt, freedom of the shame, the bitterness, anger, jealousy, and even vengeance. Um, this brings me to, uh, 2017, I believe now. So this time, um, so by this time, a lot of the pain was gone. Um, but I remember I still had one request and that was, um, I remember it was January. It was during our 21 day fast. And I remember writing down, you know, you just like you write down all your prayer requests, all the things you want, you want to see God do during that year. And for a couple of years now, I had always written this one request and this one request was I wanted to be vindicated. I wanted everyone that had blamed me or said negative things about me to just come back and say, I'm sorry. You know, it's not a, it's not a hard request. I didn't think so. And so I think I had watched Mean Girls way too many times, but nonetheless, that was my prayer. And as I walked back to my seat after placing that request in the prayer box, I I remember I heard the Lord say, what if you don't get it? Okay, so I am going to say officially, I I truly do think I watch too much TV because my response was, what you talking about, Jesus? And he said it again, you know, like, what if, what if they never come back to say, I'm sorry, what will your response be? And I won't lie. I, um, a part of me was crushed. Because I was, I think I had gotten to the place where I was willing to forgive, but with a condition. And that was, I wanted apologies. I wanted people to say I wasn't crazy. Um, I wanted people to say that they were sorry and to know, to now know that the possibility of having that moment, um, may not be a reality, may not be a reality. I realized I still had to decide. And in that moment, I said, God, I'll still forgive. Um, you know, the Bible says to forgive others, even as your heavenly father has forgiven you. And sometimes that's not easy, but every day I chose forgiveness over hurt and betrayal because I wanted to live. It allowed my living to be easier. And 2017, I experienced so many times where God just continued to do healing. I remember there was a moment where, um, one of our leaders, uh, one of my leaders said to me, can you work with, you know, this pastor to do X, Y, and Z for the youth ministry. And me and this pastor hadn't spoken in a long time. And there, and you know, as much as I, I had released them, um, during my times of forgiveness and prayer, I never, it was never something I said to them directly. And I remember being in a room with them by myself and, um, they were like, I want to say, I'm sorry. And just the release of that, because I had already released them. So it wasn't even something I was expecting because I knew I'd already said, whether I got a sorry or not, I forgive. And so to have that moment was, was an unbelievable moment. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's not easy, but every day just choosing, like I choose to forgive. And, um, another moment I had of, you know, on this process of healing, 
um, was later on in the year. Uh, it was, I think our conference was in May and it's our annual, you know, annual church conference. And just throughout the preaching and everything, I just really felt impressed on my heart to do something a little bit more deliberate about my healing process. So I, I asked one of my pastors, um, to just come with me into the nursery to stand, to do a favor for me. And I said, can you stand in proxy? Um, cause I'm about to like verbally and spiritually release people in authority that have, that, that have offended me or that have hurt me. And I said, you don't have to say anything. I just want to release and I just need someone to stand in proxy. And they willingly said yes. And I began to just say, I forgive. I looked them dead in the eye and I said, and I would name each person and I tell them what I was forgiving them for. And that moment of healing, that release, because it's, it's the thing where many of us are working in jobs or ministries with people that have hurt us, but we still got to go to that job or we still got to go. We still got to serve in those ministries. And the thing is that they don't even know that we're still dealing with that offense that has taken place so long ago. And it's because we don't say anything. We just keep showing up. And in me naming each one and forgiving each one, I remember I walked out of that room free and light. Like every time I guys, I tell you guys a story, it's you like just the weights, the weights of, and the heaviness of unforgiveness just kept breaking. And it would allow me just to keep moving into moments of like just greater freedom, just greater freedom, greater ability to access what God has for me. So me telling you these stories is because I want to show you that it's really a journey. It's not a one shot deal, you know, especially depending on the offense or the hurt. And especially if the person that you need to forgive is no longer someone you see. Maybe they're in a different country. Maybe they've passed away. So although we don't physically see the person or are not physically in the situation, many times we are still tied emotionally, mentally, and many times even spiritually to what was. And God will do whatever he needs to in the timing that he wants to for you not just to say, oh, I'm free but to actually be free in your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. And up until just the other day, I was still mending, like God still mending areas that I had. Um, and some of these areas I haven't realized were needing to be repaired. Because at this point, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm pursuing purpose. And, but God knows that there's some stuff that I unconsciously hold that I'm still unconsciously holding on to, or are just deep things that although I've moved on or I've forgiven that just need to need to be healed. And, and like, they're like little scars underneath and God knows the right time. He knows when to go back and when to address it. And sometimes he's waiting for you to move on from one thing before he deals with another thing. God will never have you, you know, try to heal all at once. Um, that's, that's the human nature of us, but God is, you know, he's a step-by-step, he's a process kind of God. And so, um, the other day I remember I was sitting on the couch and, uh, I was actually watching Elevation Church had their women's event and I originally wasn't going to watch it, but decided to tune in and 
um, they were singing this song just about, you know, the love of God. And, you know, at the song ended, Pastor Steve Furtick came, took the stage. And it was funny because I was fine. Like the song was a beautiful song. And the moment had passed because Pastor Steve was just talking. And I realized the, even though the moment passed, God rested. And I remember I tilt my head back on the couch and I closed my eyes and I heard God say, he was broken too. And all of a sudden I saw, it was like a picture of me in the hospital after my DNC, which I did after the, after my miscarriage I was telling you about. And, but there was something different about that, that picture. Um, I wasn't alone. I wasn't laying on the, on that bed alone. And I recall saying like, God, that doesn't make sense because my ex was in the couch beside me. And I remember like being on the bed by myself and God whispered, as you laid, I laid with you. And in that moment, uh, there was just a rush of healing that just flowed through my body and as the tears just began to flow I remember just saying I forgive you in that moment I truly forgave my ex for being unable to help me because he was experiencing his own loss and his own brokenness that in that moment I didn't know And so all these years, although I had prayed the same prayer all the time, just releasing him and and saying that I forgive, forgave him and all the people that had hurt me. But this time, that moment was different. And I remember I breathed in his presence and I breathed out the hurt of his absence the Holy Spirit was finally able to close up that wound of feeling abandoned. And I, and I didn't need anyone to be there with me. You know, we look at, you know, being in this COVID season and a lot of people are going into the hospitals and they can't take people. They can't take family or friends with them. They've got to go into these hospitals by themselves and do surgeries by themselves and do, you know, these checkups and stuff like that by themselves. And we're so used to people going with us on a journey, but this is a season where I think God is getting us to do some healing on our own. You know, I, I didn't need after that, you know, I, I no longer needed an explanation or an apology from my ex. The Holy spirit had done work that no man could do. And that is what, that's just, just the beautiful thing about forgiveness. Sometimes you walk through the journey alone, but the reality is you are doing the journey with Jesus, walking through each moment and each step. And as you cry, he cries with you. So today, you know, if you've been struggling with forgiveness, I want you to start where I had to start. And that start was with me. You know, here's the thing, like, you do not have you do not have the ability to forgive yourself i had to receive it as a gift from god we are not our own judge and executioner so we can't pardon ourselves 
We have to receive forgiveness from God. He is the only true judge. You know, Jesus gave his life so that we can be free from the guilt and the shame of our, of our past mistakes, of our past hurts, of our past offenses. And so if you think about it, it's like Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And every day, instead of choosing to walk in freedom, we go back to the jail cell. And for some of us, it's like solitary confinement that we have built for ourselves. Cells that are actually unlocked and have no key. And the only person who is actually guarding that very cell is you. Because you won't receive the gift of forgiveness for yourself. Forgiveness is a free gift. It's just like walking into your favorite store, you know, and asking, hey, do you have this or that? And they're like, yeah, here, no purchase necessary. What? It's free? I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I love free gifts. Like just the other day on my birthday, I was looking for all the free gifts I can walk into stores to get because I love free gifts. But it starts with me asking, you know, if it starts with me requesting the gift in order to have it and forgiveness is ready and it's available, but you just need to ask God for it. He's ready to give it to you. So don't be afraid. I get it. You know, you have the any. It's like being in a courtroom and you have the enemy on the in the um, the prosecutor's desk and he's just shouting and yelling all these reasons why you don't deserve it. Or even why the person doesn't deserve it. Yet for every statement, the Holy Spirit says objection. The blood of Jesus covered that. And the father then says overturned. So I beg you, don't leave this year and go back into your cell. No, choose to walk in the freedom of forgiveness and not in condemnation. Genesis 50 verse 20 says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You know, that comes from the story of Joseph and Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery because they were jealous of his dream. And many of us have been sold out by family, friends, mentors, pastors, people that we hold in high regard and we've gone through some things in our life that felt like pits and jails and a running. And yet God has brought you to this place. And now he's saying, it's okay. Can you get to the place where you can say, it's okay. What you meant for evil, what you thought would kill me, God was going to use it for, my, for, for good. And I want to tell you tonight, that God wants to use your story like he did Joseph and just like he did it with me. The powerful thing about forgiveness is that it puts you in a position to be able to also receive it when you need it. You know, when you've screwed up and when you've messed up and you for forgot to do something or you, you know, hurt someone else. When we are able the, the it says freely as you receive, we can freely give. 
and know that whatever the enemy tried to use to kill us, God's going to use it for his good. And so I share my stories with you tonight, today, in the morning, whatever time of the time, the day you're listening to this podcast, because what the enemy tried to use to trip me up and the, the situations that he put me through to try to kill what God had inside of me, 10 years later, God is using them to bring him glory. And so the shame, the condemnation that you're battling with, they're not from God. Confess what you've done. Confess what people have done to you. Ask God for forgiveness and receive his forgiveness and then walk in his freedom. You can live the greatest testimony of truth there is. It's called redemption. God wants to redeem your story. So I'm going to close in this, this simple prayer because I believe that God wants you to end this year not holding on to people, places, and things that have hurt you. He wants you to let go because he has so much greater things in store for you. So Father God, I'm so thankful. Forgiveness isn't something I have to earn or even try to achieve. It's a gift that I get to receive. So thank you, Jesus, for the blood that was enough to pay for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross so that I can obtain forgiveness and mercy. Help me to receive all you are offering me and help me to walk in the freedom that you have set aside just for me. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, beautiful, that's a wrap for today. If this podcast left an impression on your heart, could you do me a favor? Rate this podcast, leave a review, and follow so you don't miss out on any podcast. And of course, tell a friend. And if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at 3SingleEyes. You may also want to visit our blog page, 3SingleEyes.com, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any events or amazing things that we have in store for you. So until we meet again, be you authentically and be you fully.